0: This morning we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2, uh, first book of the New Testament, second chapter, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And we have been calling our Advent series, uh, A Back Creek Family Christmas. And this isn't actually the last message in this series. Of course, there will be one uh, on Friday uh, afternoon and evening at Christmas Eve. But then also, uh, we'll continue and complete this uh, series on the Sunday following Christmas, on the 26th. It's a family Christmas because we are family. John 1 12 and 13 tells us that for all who did receive him, who called on his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh, but born of God. We have God as our Father. We are brothers and sisters. And our deepest roots are in God's family, the church, not because of natural descent and not because of natural desire, but because of supernatural delivery. First Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Through the supernatural delivery of our new birth, by which God the Holy Spirit took spiritually dead people and made us alive together in Christ so that we could receive him by believing on his name. We are supernaturally delivered from the penalty and the power of sin and the tyranny of the devil. The hymn says, God rest ye Mary, gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Because of our new birth and because of faith in Christ, we have a new heart and a new record and a new life, and we have a new family. And we are marking this Advent season together as a family by gathering like the shepherds at God's invitation and as God meets us here. We're celebrating like the angels, announcing the good news of great joy, ascribing all glory to God and advancing peace on earth. The great thing about God's family is that we don't only do this gathering and celebrating of the incarnation once a year. We do it once a week. Buddy the Elf tells us that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. hear. That's right. (laughs) The best way for us as the family of God to keep Christmas in our hearts, to honor Christmas in our hearts and try to keep it all the year, is by keeping the Lord's Day every week all year long. Like the shepherds we gather Like the angels, we celebrate. And as we will see in our passage, like the wise men, we give. So look with me at Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. If you're able, please stand in honor of God's word. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And God sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's ask for the Lord's help this morning. Oh Lord, our God, you have given to us your written word in which we read the story of the word who was with God in the beginning and who was God in the beginning. The word who has become flesh and dwelt among us. The the word from whom we have received grace upon grace. And Lord, we ask now that you would take your written word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and allow it to testify to our spirits of Jesus Christ, that we would love him more, that we would seek to live for him, that we would give him all that we are and all that we have in response to all that he has given to us. We love you, and we praise you for this time of worship and this time together around your word. And just ask that you would make it fruitful in our lives. Lord, you give good gifts to those that you have given the right to become children of God. So Lord, I pray now that you would grant us to understand and believe and love and apply your word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As a child, I remember having a, a really difficult time going to sleep on Christmas Eve. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah, and, and, and the reason that I had such a hard time going to sleep at Christmas Eve is because I was so excited about all the gifts that I was going to get the next day. You know, as I grew up, and, and particularly as I have become a parent, I find that I still have a really hard time going to sleep on Christmas Eve, but The anticipation and the excitement and the joy is different now. The reason that I lie awake and the reason that I have a hard time going to sleep is because I am so excited to give to others the gifts that they're going to receive the next day. And it's really impressed on me the truth of Jesus' words. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And it's impressed on me that the truth that that we read in, in my family on Christmas morning and Jesus said, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? We who have been given the right to be called children of God, we have received in comparable generosity from God. Songwriter Michael Card sings, the faithful one saw time was full and the ancient pledge was honored. So God the son, the incarnate one, his final word, his own son, was born in Bethlehem but came into our hearts to live. What more could God have given? Tell me. What more did God have to give? The Bible says it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. In this account of the wise men, we see that in response to God's good gift of Jesus. The wise men gave to Jesus. In response to God's gift of Jesus, the wise men gave to Jesus. Like with the shepherds and the angels in this one-time historical event, I want us to, to draw out a pattern for our own lives in light of the good news of a great joy about Jesus. I want us to draw out a pattern that's not just for one time in history or even just one time a year but every time we gather to celebrate in public worship in response to God's great gift to us we give and we give in uh, at least three ways that mirror uh, how the wise men gave first like the wise men we give our worship Like the wise men, we give our worship. Verse 2, they say, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 11, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Well, what is worship? Well, to put it as simply as possible, Worship is rightly responding to who God is and what he has done. Worship is rightly responding to who God is and what God has done. Though our English word worship comes from an older English word, worth And that is recognizing the worth and the honor of someone else. And that is what is happening with the wise men as they approach the child, Jesus. We see the the Greek word translated worship is proskoneo, which means to literally bow down or to prostrate yourself before. And this is the right response to a king's high office and his level of honor to bow down before him. And this is what we do when we gather to worship the Lord. We bow before him, recognizing his infinite worth and the honor that is due his name. This is what the scriptures call us to do, like in Psalm 95, which we often use as a call to worship here at Bat Creek. But verse 6 says, O come, let us worship, using this same word, proskuneo, let us worship and bow down, same root. Let us kneel, different word, but same idea, before the Lord, our maker, This is what Jesus says that the Father is seeking in his encounter with the woman at the well in John 4, verse 23. The hour is now here. Uh, The hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers, this same word, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. The wise men were sought by the Father. The Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, those who will rightly recognize and respond to who God is and what he has done. God is seeking worshipers, and the Lord God sought these wise men. How do we know that? Well, they were Gentiles. They weren't part of Israel. They didn't have access to the patriarchs and to the promises of God's covenant, and yet the Lord sought them. They had no ethnic or national obligation to the king of the Jews. They were probably Zoroastrian astrologers, so they had no religious affinity for the Jewish Messiah. But as they looked to the stars, using their false methods of seeking truth, God made them where they were. He provided to them, these stargazers, an astronomical phenomenon that grabbed their interest, a star in the sky. Perhaps the Lord had allowed them to possess some some pieces of of copies of the Old Testament from when Babylon was conquered by Persia in the days of Daniel. Daniel. Maybe God spoke to them through Balaam's prophecy in Numbers 24, 17. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. All we know is that the Lord sought out these wise men and that he led them and compelled them to be true worshipers of Jesus who recognized this child, not simply as an earthly king. Herod was an earthly king, and they paid him due honor to an earthly king, but they came to honor Jesus in a different way. They honored him not only as an earthly king, but as something more. They honored him as God. God sought out the wise men to be his worshipers. I would just ask you, how did God seek you out? Because he did. We were not seeking God. God sought us out. We had run away. We had gone our own way. We had wandered off from the one who created us and the one who loves us, and God sought us out. What, how did God use the things in your life to draw you to himself as he supernaturally delivered you through new birth into His kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness. What's the story of how God sought you to be his worshiper? Recognizing God as God, it means, at the very least, humbling ourselves before the Lord, but not only that. The Westminster Confession of Faith says the light of nature shows that there is a God who has lordship and sovereignty over all is good and does good to all and is therefore to be feared loved praised called upon trusted in and served with all of the heart and with all of the soul and with all of the might worship is not merely humbling ourselves before the Lord in recognition of who He is and what He has done. It's more than that. Worship is the offering up of our whole selves to God in reverence and awe and love and praise and prayer and faith and obedience as we bow down, recognizing who God is and what He has done. See, because Christmas is true, We have far more than the light of nature to tell us about God. We have God's own self-revelation in Emmanuel, God with us. And many years ago, in many ways, our God spoke through our fathers. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The baby in the manger the child in Bethlehem is God, and he deserves our worship. Unlike the wise men who were able to give this honor only once in history, we are called to give worship to Christ privately in our, on our own as personal worship in our households and also as publicly as the family of God on the Lord's Day. Now, also in this passage, we see an example of false worship. In uh, verse 8, Herod says, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. But Herod had no intention of giving his worship to Jesus. This request was all about Herod and what he could get out of the situation. In his case, it was maintaining his own power and his place among his people. And I think for us it is worth asking the question why we come to worship. Do we come to worship to give to God what is rightfully his, which is all of who we are? Our hearts, our souls, our minds in fear and praise and love and adoration. Or do we come to worship to get Now, I want to be very clear that we do get in worship. We receive phenomenal things in worship because it is in the public assembly of God's people that He promises to meet us in His ordinary means of grace. And so through prayer and word and sacrament, God pours out His grace into our lives. We receive incredible gifts in the assembly of God's family for worship But our motivation is not to receive, it is not to give. Our motivation in coming to worship is to recognize the worth and the honor of the one who has loved us and saved us, and to give him all the glory and praise and adoration. And in his goodness, he also gives the blessing to us. Like the wise men, we give our worship. Second, we see that like the wise men, we give our joy. Like the wise men, we give our joy. And joy is something that we usually think of of getting rather than giving. And that is right. The news delivered by the angels on the first Christmas was good news that was meant to bring great joy to everyone who heard it from that night on. In his ministry on earth, as Jesus sits in, uh, in the upper room on the night before he goes to the cross, he's, he's telling his disciples kind of his final messages before he's going to be crucified. He's telling them things like, a, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love as no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And, and then he says this, these things I have spoken to you that my joy May be in you and your joy may be full. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is going to tell us in Galatians that that when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us and gives us the new birth, that he takes up residence in us and begins to bear fruit, and that the fruit of the Spirit is first love, but then joy, patience. Kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. There is no question that God gives us joy. And it was no different for the wise men as they were given divine direction by the star that led them to rejoice with exceedingly great joy. But the real joy that they felt it wasn't in the star. It was in the person to whom the star led them. It was Jesus. And it was with the joy that God provided and excitement that they encountered the child. And they offered and expressed their joy back to the one who gave it. These wise men rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and they got to do that only once. We get to do it again and again And again, as God's family. Has Jesus given you joy? Do you know the joy of sins forgiven? Do you know the joy of the smile of approval and affirmation from your Father? Do you know the joy of having the right to become a child of God? To, by the Holy Spirit who indwells you, cry out to the Father, Abba, Father. Has Jesus brought you joy? If he has, then when we gather in celebration of who Christ is and what he has done, we are given the opportunity to express and to offer back to Jesus the joy that he's filled us with, to rejoice exceedingly with great joy in him. Like the wise men, we give our worship, we give our joy, and lastly, we see that like the wise men, we give our gifts. We give our gifts, and we don't know whether the wise men really grasped the spiritual significance of the gifts that they offered. They brought uh, treasures that God had bestowed upon them. And, you know, the song may be wrong about some things historically. Uh, the Bible doesn't call them three kings. It says three wise men or magi, but, but it gets the gifts right. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never. O'er us all to reign. Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising, voices raising, worshiping God on high. Myrrh is mine. It's bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. God had given these wise men gifts, and they came earnestly and sincerely to offer what God had given back to God as they encountered Him in the Christ child. And these gifts had spiritual significance, declaring the truth of the gospel. They offer gold because Jesus is the king. He is the long-awaited Messiah who has come to shepherd his people. They give him frankincense because incense indicates the presence of a deity. They worship Jesus with the gift of incense because he is God. And of course, they bring myrrh. Which declares that this God-man, this long-promised Messiah, this king would be crucified for his people. This is the gospel. This is the gift of God to his people that the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, took to himself a true human nature and a rational soul like ours so that he could be for us a merciful and faithful high priest living a righteous life for us because we failed to do so, dying an atoning and substitutionary death for us so that we would never face the condemnation of our sins. And of course, we can't leave the song or the story there. Glorious now, behold him arise. King and God and sacrifice. Alleluia, alleluia, sounds through the earth and skies. It is Christ's life and death and resurrection that is the good news of great joy that is for all people. If the baby visited by the wise men is who he claimed to be, If he was born in Bethlehem, if he died and rose again to rescue us from sin and Satan and death, if he gives us eternal life and makes us children of God, then he is worthy not only of gold and frankincense and myrrh, he is worthy of all of the gifts that we have ever received. And I would ask you, what do you have that you have not received? What do you have That is not a gift. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation due to change. Everything that you are, everything that you have is a gift from Almighty God to you. That he gives you the invitation and the opportunity to offer back to him. Now, these wise men, I just want to draw out three things that that they gave to the Lord. And you've heard this uh, uh, alliterated uh, phrase before, but the wise men really do, They, they give of their time, they are from far away. And when they see the star and they connect it to the prophecy, they load up their caravan and they're going to take whatever time is necessary to find this baby who has been born king of the Jews. They are willing to sacrifice their time away from their families, away from their profession, away from all of their responsibilities to go and to worship the king. And when I consider my time, it's important for me to realize that that God before the foundation of the world planned my life my conception my gestation my birth every hour every minute that I have lived since up until the time that he has appointed for me to leave this world and return to him God has planned all of my time and God owns all of my time, all of my time belongs to God, so why do I think that my time belongs to me? One particular example that I've been thinking about and struggling about, and I've been convicted, and so please know that I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you right now, but it is remarkable to me that God has given me all of the time that I have had in my life, and I consider all of the time that I have wasted, but God has given me all of the time that I have had in my life, and I think that I'm going to keep my Sundays. a <laughs> God Almighty calls me not out of obligation, out of worship, out of joy, out of the Immeasurable gifts that I have been given to gather with his family on his day to give him worship. And I often struggle to receive that gift and to offer the gift of my time back to the Lord. They gave their time, they gave their talents. They used their natural gifts and their developed gifts to discern that the Messiah had come. It's remarkable that these men were Zoroastrian astrologers. They didn't necessarily believe in the one creator God of all things, but God, before they knew him, had blessed them with these talents and skills that they developed to look at the sky and to at the very least, to witness the various phenomenon that God had created in the sky, to read ancient texts in foreign languages and to discern its meaning and application to real life. And they offered those talents to the Lord. When he made the star appear, they immediately responded by taking their talents and applying them so that they could go and worship the king. I want to ask you to consider what talents has the Lord blessed you with that he calls you to offer to him as a gift I know in this room I'm so blessed to know so many of you and the different ways in which you are gifted and God has given you so many talents and I just ask how are you using them for his glory I think one of the main places that our talents are are most on display in our lives is in our vocation Now that can be a profession that you do for a wage or it can be another calling that the Lord has given to you but it's in our vocations, our callings that the Lord allows us to take our natural talents that we have developed by His grace and use them. But I would ask you, is the end of your vocation and the use of your talents the glory of God or is it yourself they offer their time they offer their talent and they give their treasure they bring this gold and frankincense and myrrh and it's important for us to realize i think that as we sit in this room as 21st century americans that by god's grace we have experienced incredible material gain the likes of which perhaps even kings in the ancient world did not It's humbling and that is convicting but God has poured out into our lives remarkable material blessing and what I would urge us to see is that the gifts that God has given to us he calls us by his grace to offer back to him it could be the use of your, your house and your property to extend hospitality to those who are members of God's family or strangers. It could be uh, using the money that God has blessed you with to further the kingdom through your giving at Back Creek Church or to global missions or to some ministry that you feel a burden and a call to participate in. But God has given to us great gifts, materially speaking, And when we are close-handed with the Lord, I think what happens is the blessings that God gives become judgment. They become idols for us if we do not release them back to the Lord. And I would just encourage all of us to consider how are we to use the gifts that God has given to give Him the glory and the praise and the honor in our lives. If Jesus is who the Bible tells us he is, then his birth and life and death and resurrection are indeed good news of great joy for all people. And those of us who receive him by believing on his name, who have been given the right to be called the children of God, we gather and we celebrate and we give. We give our worship we give our joy and we give our gifts for the glory and the honor of our king let's pray Father thank you uh, for this time of worship Lord Jesus thank you for for drawing at your birth these wise men to come and worship you and to offer a, a pattern of giving for us Holy Spirit, thank you for this word that you inspired so that we could know this story, so that we could connect with these characters, so that we, O oh Lord, could be imitators of those who have gone before us, who were sought by you and who responded to you by your grace. We thank you that we have this marvelous privilege of being the very children of God. Lord, I pray that you would allow the, the truth of that to, to shock us awake, to fill us with joy, to move us to give, to give freely of ourselves in worship, to give freely of ourselves for the sake of your kingdom, to give ourselves to one another as members of your family. Lord, in every way, to, to give heart and soul and mind strength to you. We love you, our great God and our King. We ask that you would be glorified in our worship. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.